The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. And I'm Ben Haworth. And this is the Movie Gang Podcast. I... I, I literally cannot believe we are doing this. I'm, like, excited, but at the same time, like, sort of terrified? I don't know if terrified's the right word. I'm a little bit terrified, yeah. I'm a oh, little bit terrified. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I, I don't know why. This is intimidating for me. This is this mm. is intimidating. Mm. Mm. Ironically, <laughs> like, giving, like, thoughts on Blade Runner is not intimidating, but The Matrix that's is it, That's why super. I find it very interesting. Yeah, we are talking about The Matrix. <laughs> uh, not just because... Uh, you know, I, I bought a new leather coat or anything, and I want to show it off because I haven't. Oh, uh, <laughs> ooh, send, send us a picture, and that's going to be like the tag for this. No, I, I haven't. I used to own a very long leather trench coat because of this <sighs> movie, and I do not anymore, and I miss it. Um, Dude, it, it's very, very, very hard in today's like environment to like wear a leather trench coat and it be okay. Like, it's no, it, it kind of killed it. It's, uh, this and, and, and Columbine, yeah, just the, yeah. The, associ- the association like killed leather coats, which is yeah, so no, cool. You can I, everyone said it was a school the- shooter when I wore it, and then I just stopped. I was like, All right, yeah, because you, you only get called a school shooter once before you're like, oh, but it's like, you think it's, it's, this could stay. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I I have like a I have like a my Katie has like this really nice trench coat that's like a like the thing, and I always want to wear it, but I always like when I put it on, everyone always comments. It's like, oh, a trench coat. You're bringing it back, and I'm like, thanks, thanks for reminding me in a weird, subtle way that this isn't fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> you old man. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly. It's like it's like wearing a hat. Like everyone's like, "Oh, you're wearing a hat. How novel!" <laughs> mm, this is fair. Well, we yeah. are we are not talking about the Matrix to bring back old '90s fashion. We're talking about it because it is, in fact, the 20th anniversary of the release of the Matrix. It oh. was released March 31st, 1999. I didn't um, know that. Ben just like told me we were doing the Matrix, and I just listened because I'm terrible at programming these. I'm sorry. I had a reason. <laughs> you gave. And, uh, like, yeah, I was like, oh, cool, whatever. And I have more reasons <laughs> because uh, I think it's also not just 20th anniversary, which is always interesting, but also I think it's we're at an interesting point because this many people say defined digital action movies, and now the biggest digital action movie of all time, the uh, uh, Avengers Endgame, is coming out. Yeah. I was going to do a joke of like the lesser movie that came out this week, but literally no other movie is releasing wide this week because why would you? Because why? why? Why would you? There's not even like an Alvin and the Chipmunks, like, oh, it's funny, it opened against Star Wars. Like, nope, no one's even trying. Which is yeah, funny. it's just don't even um, don't even do that. Like. And, no, and we, sorry, and we also just have uh, John Wick three, you know, so a thir- another third Keanu Reeves action trilogy coming to a supposedly a close. Um, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he makes more of these. Yeah. So um, I, I I watched all three again in preparation for. Today. You watched all three? Ooh, oh, you yeah. Did your homework. I did yeah, not. I, did. I only watched I did. the first. So well, that's the one we're talking about. But I I need to like I I, I had forgotten how much better this one was than like the other two of the trilogy. Talk. That's a trilogy that really didn't need to happen. Let's not talk, get into that. But we'll go. Ahead. I'll let you begin. Sorry. <laughs> well, and I, I'm glad you saw them because I would. I want to talk about the way they they change too, in, in terms of, I think weirdly making the wrong choices about this movie in general. But I, I'm curious about your your thoughts on this because I have had a long, complicated history with the Matrix. I saw it 
probably when I was 10 or 11, a few years after it came out, and I thought it was fine and never kind of loved it. I saw the sequels, which definitely did not help in theaters because those, those soured me quickly. And then um, always just kind of hated like the over like blownness of it. I never thought it actually did change action cinema that much, in my opinion, because uh, I think I- well, we'll get into partly why. And then it was nice to rewatch it and kind of, okay, past this all, it's kind of had its day. It's, it's, it's kind of established as a canonical film, but like it's not, I'm not living in its shadow as much. And I was able just to kind of appreciate it on a different level, which is probably to say I enjoyed it more than I ever have uh, before. Yeah. And I'm curious I, how, where you are with it. I, I'm very, very, very different on this. Uh, so I also did not see The Matrix when it came out. Um, I mean, I was nine years old when it came out. So Same. I, was not, I don't know why I was not they, in the age. My, my parents took me to the sequels because they had to have. But <laughs> I don't know. Right, I don't right. know how it's, that. Yeah, it's uh, it, one of the things too is I, I remember the buzz around it. Didn't particularly care, and then maybe four years later, when I was like thirteen, fourteen, um, I was, I guess I was in middle school. No, I was middle school, high school, and I was right on the cusp. And I had joined this like this was a big deal for me in middle school. Is that my teacher uh, scouted me to start a philosophy club. And, you know, so she did a science fiction, she did a science fiction and philosophy club. Mm -hmm. And that was a big formative moment for me in terms of like choosing like kind of who I wanted to be, which was not be a jock, but be a nerd. Cause I, you know, I was sort of on the cusp at the time. (laughs) So like I made, I made made an active decision to be a nerd and, you know, I went into a philosophy in college. So like, it was like a really big deal. Like that was a big, that was a teacher that, that was an English teacher that like had a really profound effect on my life. And like, she was this person that like got together. It's like, let's put together. Like she was amazing. She got together and made me put together, kind of forced me to put together this club of like these people that really matter to me. And I, this, that's in the context of the first time that I saw the matrix, which was kind of engaging with it as a purely philosophical concept context when we didn't do it it is but i guess in that context like i saw this movie it was also the first time it also was the movie that started that was the club that started me liking anime and stuff so for me i have a very different things like i i I understand the faults and lack of faults and other things because i saw this as a distant context but it it is part of like this resurgence of philosophy and academia that happened probably around the time that I went to college. And I think a lot of kids, it was an introduction to philosophy. And I think that it's, I think that, you know, for me, a lot of times when people talk about the simplicity of what they look back on it about it, because, you know, it's not deep at all. No, in reality. No. That was uh, my revelation this time. Yes. And I think that's the thing is that for me, because it, I was engaging with very deep stuff at the time, like I think that the straightforwardness of the matrix is actually to its credit. And as a thing that introduced me to basic philosophical concepts, like, yeah, like I dove into I Heart Huckabees after this. So obviously, you know, this is something else. But like, I still really particularly like it. You know, I've always been a kung fu action cinema guy. And so it was just a convergence of like, like it was one of those things where the Wachowskis were like speaking my language. Like, I like kung fu. I like philosophy. I like anime. And fuck Mm -hmm. you. Let's throw it into a goddamn gumbo pot. And, you know, it it didn't Mm -hmm. matter so much whether it was good or not so much as it, it 
took everything about me and put it up on screen and it's like it's cool right and i went oh yeah well, that 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 was the one of the big appeals of it at the time no question was it did right. kind of solidify i mean literally the character like and and it's why i think it's so interesting that this is a you know we're, i'm not gonna get into this much too much because a lot of better people have written about this but it is interesting that two trans women made a movie wherein like it has the red pill, which has become like the biggest like symbol for like men's rights, alt right kind of mindset. Like it is, it, you can read yeah. this movie in so many yeah. ways because it is like you can read both a very conservative and a very liberal like take on this movie, yeah. which is very interesting and because it does kind of present like a you're not happy with the world, something is wrong, there's someone at heart at it. It kind of feeds into a little bit of a conspiracy theory ish thing. Now I think theirs is a little more transhumany. We're all. Because, like, by the second movie, there's, like, a big pansexual orgy that's crazy. And, like, yeah. I think that's their vision more than that. But I think the first film you can kind of read in a, a myriad of ways. And I think that simplicity, like you said, is is key to why the film worked for me. Watching this time, I'm like, oh, this is just, like, a good thinking man's action movie. It's an action right. movie first right. and foremost. It is what it's most focused on. It's not trying to yeah. be a deep philosophical exploration it's just like here's some neat ideas here's some good cyberpunk stuff we're taking from some some anime we're taking from some kung fu movies right, we're doing right. kind of a tarantino blending of, of genres kind of thing but ultimately we're here to make a fun action movie that's right. like a, 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 a that, that kind of has like and i think it's it's also like effects. it got overblown in the same way the joker and the dark knight got overblown where it's like what does Very the dark knight mean and like in the context of the dark knight the joker is not supposed to be like Oh, it's it's it also makes like comment like the Dark Knight actually has commentary about the fucking Joker and everything else, and it's just like sure. you lose that in such context. And 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 this is the other thing too. It's like going back and watching like you know Killing Heather's or whatever that movie is. What is that? Uh, this Heather's, yeah, this is yeah awesome. Heather's, yeah. Th- that movie has not aged well, and I understand like it's a filmmaker being edgy, and it, I don't think Heather's is one of those that I don't think it's the filmmaker's fault because they just couldn't see a future of mass school shootings all over the place sure, sure. and they also didn't they definitely didn't inspire it either like they didn't cause it to happen there's a there's an argument to be made that like i and I, again this is one of those things where i never buy into video games don't cause school shootings that's never been a thing and i definitely don't buy into it as a movie thing either like right i mean that's a whole other argument but yeah the, there's certainly an element of this movie where again i think it's I think people take the wrong opinion. And I think for me, what was interesting is I think why I didn't think it was that influential is I didn't see what the smart people took from it. You know, like the smart filmmakers learn from it versus the ones who just saw it and were like, what, what I didn't live through. And it's sort of similar with Pulp Fiction, which is you heard that like, okay, Pulp Fiction comes out at Sundance. It's this massive, like, atomic bomb in the independent film community and then for the next five fucking years at sundance every movie is trying to be pulp fiction and it just everything is like way too witty and quirky with violence and hyper violence and trying to be tarantino and it's just like awful and it's just like he ruined on it on, not on purpose you know but kind of yeah. ruined independent cinema for a while and what i didn't live to until i became kind of obsessed with bad early 2000s action movies was like the overuse of the bullet time and the 
the yeah. leather and the digital effects and the terrible color grading and like uh, I went through a long thing on color grading by the way if you want to go nerdy into that later um, I would I would I look forward to it good sir <laughs> thank you I'm so happy with no, these episodes because you're like I know. you're like indulge me <laughs> yes please please go ahead let's let's both talk about how green and grayscale makes a fucking ugly ass shit smear of a movie <laughs> right and uh, well yeah and we'll have to I'm curious what you saw it on um but uh uh it's it's a very um i think so many people took that and then it kind of fizzled out and what i lived through was the post born movies action movies so to me born was like the one that was the influential one because it was the shaky cam and the grounded action and the parkour and the you know and the the, that this this is where go ahead please go ahead and that's the thing where like i think it's just a case of much in the same way it's crazy the Blair Witch Project wasn't replicated for a long time. It's crazy to me that the Matrix wasn't copied for a long time. Because when you think about like the most important, famous, iconic shot of the Matrix, which is, of course, Neo dodging the bullets on his back. What is that shot, essentially? It is a really cool camera technique with like you know 100 digital cameras that are taking one picture. Uh, in front of a green screen, he's on wires that are digitally removed. And then a single other pass that's in composited onto a real location. That is just like very common current day, modern day filmmaking is, you know, using a digital effect mixed with a real action, mixed with like a bit of, you know, digital manipulation, like with the bullets and things like that. Like it is the idea of compositing something and not creating an entirely uh, digital set piece. And rewatching The Matrix, it was like so interesting to see like, for a film that's so famous for its digital effects, there's a lot of sets. There's like a crazy obvious matte painting in the first shot, which is like yeah, nuts yeah. to me. Like absolutely bananas. Um, there's like a lot of real world locations. There's a lot of grounded stuff. Like they were really ahead of the time of like the blending of practical and digital effects. And I think that's the kind of legacy. Whether they were the first and that's why or people grew up with the Matrix or it was just what inevitably was going to go to. When you watch like a Marvel movie, it's a similar thing. Like the Steve Rogers effect is they literally pull him on wires to make him run faster. They like make his gravity less by pulling him up a bit so he can like run super fast. And they kind of like basically yank him and then replace the wires. And it looks like a dude just running super fast in a way that's like not uh, uh, impossible. You know, in a sense. that's always so, like, a cool effect. That was always it's a very finish. cool effect. It was something the Russos did very very well. They they yeah. figured out that's well, they- why Winter Soldier's action. Right. It's it's also why Russo's like in general with like, you know, the more CG. I think the I think the issue, too, is CG as a crutch as opposed. This is always the core thing. CG as a crutch versus an additive. And the Matrix does a good job of using CG as an additive, even though like the bullet time does not hold up. Go, go to youtube and watch the bullet time sequence and you'll go oh yeah like the actual bullets look like yeah they look real bad like they're when lumps. smith explodes he looks like a, a fucking dos video game yeah. it looks weird. yeah it, it's that it's scene always great. bothered me yeah. yeah the other thing the other thing too i here's here's the thing too the the matrix is so here's one of the things that i take away from the matrix and this is my thought process the legacy of the matrix is that it's associated stylistically with the nineties, even though it's a 99 film, like it is the nineties to a T and stylistically with the black trench coats. And it went out of style really, really fast right after it came out of that. And it be kind of that the losing of that style, we kind of came to us to think about like nineties movies as we entered the two thousands. Stylistically, it has more to do with what 
action movies became too than it does with actual action and combat. The Bourne, you know, had a lot more Bourne movies had a lot more effect on how action movies were shot. Absolutely. For sure. Or in a, for the worse, in my opinion, because I think the Bourne, for I think the lot, Bourne. Yeah, that's what I find interesting is I think we're kind of moving away from that now. Like, we are. I we like are. We, I was, I've been kind of shocked looking at a lot of action movies like these are a lot of lockdown shots. Like, I'm yeah. Been, yeah. And I think. The other thing is Game of Thrones is also that. Right. Game of Thrones has never done that. They've always been very locked down with their action sequences. And they and they fucking put several actors through a shitload of training to make it possible. And that's the thing right. too. Long like, sword fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We have we have sword fights like where like you know where it's coming back around. Where I think I genuinely think like action is re- finally beginning to recover from the Born Identity. Don't get me wrong. The Born Identity is a great movie. But like, yes, holy but you can do fuck. it wrong so easily, it's, and everybody does. Everybody does. In my, it's just like Quentin Tarantino dialogue. You're like, I, I get it, I get it. References and and and, and humor and darkness and, and no, it's like it actually is kind of hard. Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're especially it's actual actual Tarantino dialogue is very hard. In the same way that actual good Matrix style action or Born Identity action, Born Identity action, I think is also that thing. I think we don't give enough credit to how good the Born Identity was in terms of like the fact that it. Those like, first the editor so- on that movie is fantastic. So good, so well. Yeah. Born Ultimate. The was second, the, best the Born Supremacy has some sequences in there. I don't necessarily think it's a better movie than Identity, but like it has some sequences in there that I hold up as probably one of the best sh- shaky cam fights of all time. The one oh, where absolutely. he fights the dude in the house with like a magazine and shit. Yeah, that oh, that yeah. is that is just an intense fight. And then hold up to that versus fights like you know this is also a thing I hate the Troy movie but the Achilles versus Hector fight is another yeah. fight it's it is a it is an unbelievably well shot fight and they do such a good job of having this physical action it's it's one of those it's, it's always one of those fights that I hold up as like like one of the best sword fights in film on a terrible movie like that's, that's that fight specifically is always something that comes to mind but my point here is that uh, the legacy of the Matrix is, to my mind, sometimes popularity of anime in the West. I can see that for sure. For that's sure. that's and, where and, like and that's Matrix where like yeah was like I think the first anime movie a lot of people saw it. It was we watched the Matrix and then I watched that was the first time I saw Ghost in the Shell Innocence and then I watched all of Ghost in the Shell and then I transitioned mm-hmm. into that and then maybe that's my experience as being a philosophy kid because I couched it as philosophy and then ghost of the shell was the superior version that's the other thing too but i never i never venerated the matrix because i immediately watched ghost in the shell which is just an infinitely superior like movie and subject matter and everything else and just way more philosophical and everything else so i've never venerated the matrix to the same extent but i will continuously just suggest that like the po- i really do think the matrix is largely responsible for the popularity of anime you know outside of japan all of, like in a large definitely in the western world and i think that's i mean it was definitely filtering over and i think it would have come over eventually anyway but this was definitely a thing that made anime mainstream in a lot of circles oh absolutely and and i mean the animatrix was basically like they got their favorite anime directors from japan to make a bunch of like crazy short right. films for them right. and like show off and, like and hey some look. of those are crazy dark too i forget the the history one, the one that's like the history of the road. I don't know what rebellion. there's so much of that so like just dark. makes me like like I literally like I got the first time I saw that I got sick watching it. It was really yeah gnarly yeah it really there, fucked me up. When there's I was like a kid. two there's like 
there's like two anime that have done that to me where I've been physically ill watching it. And I'll never forget. The third thing was the first time I saw the trailer because I've never, I've never seen the human centipede, but the first time I saw the trailer for the human centipede, I got like sure. violently ill in Coates library. <laughs> like, that, like I, like, I, I, I watched it and I just, I had no idea what it was about. And so I wasn't really prepared. And so then I just like, I just felt ill all day thinking about it. It was like fucking brain cancer. I couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> like I, I, I know, and like now I just think about it, but like I still avoid that movie, and I avoid like the Walrus as well, even though the Walrus is probably better. But like I definitely oh, just no, like, yeah. like t- tusk, I, you know, yeah. it's funny too because the the fly doesn't bother me fucking at all. <laughs> like the fly, That's I like so whatever, yeah. <laughs> but like the the good body horror movie or like the thing, like oh, I'm fine, whatever, I don't care. But <laughs> but the fucking uh, the fucking human centipede makes me want to vomit. So I don't know. Wow. Poor oh, choice of words. This, oh, these are all 35 millimeter cameras. That's crazy. The bullet time is yeah. 35 millimeter cameras that are taking a frame at a time. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. And that is the other thing, too, that I think is kind of lost on people. This, like, this is pre the move to digital cameras. And I definitely and- think it gives this certain film stock quality that's sort of lost today because <laughs> it just doesn't. It, it, it is. just doesn't. And you know look- what else? It. It, this is the crazy thing I didn't realize uh, until I watched it. So we're this is where I get my color timing talk. Yay! Woo, let's do <laughs> um, it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, what did what version did you watch? Like where did you watch this on? I just uh, so I watched this on a stream on a Netflix stream. I believe if I'm no, I don't think it was Netflix. I forget what it was on. Like I think YouTube I rented it for two dollars on YouTube. Yeah, two dollars. Yeah. On YouTube. So that is the new version that is closer to the original color palette. And this is so fascinating. The way things have changed, which I think is so interesting. So this actually comes out before what is known as digital intermediates really become a thing. Because the next year after this, there's Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which is the first major feature film to use what is called a digital intermediate. Before you would color time, which is literally you would add a amount of color for a certain amount of time. Like you would literally add three seconds of green. And you would add like four seconds of blue. Like that's how all color correction was done before. But what... um, Roger Deakins wanted for Oh Brother Where Art Thou was to get this super, super sepia tone and there was just no way to not completely bleach the film without it. And with a digital intermediate, he could literally like select and mat out certain <sighs> areas to like turn them yellow and things like that. And so the Matrix has been very much associated with the color green and this idea of like this super saturated green, which didn't really come until the sequels when they had digital intermediates. And so they way over color corrected those, made them like bright ugly dark green yeah and then fascinatingly they then did that same thing to the original matrix for the blu-ray completely like turned it totally dark gross green to like match the sequels and then bill pope the cinematographer of all three films for the remasters is like i hated that i didn't understand why we did that and he has now recolor timed the sequels and the original to all the same basic color palette so it's nowhere near as like digitally green and, and and gnarly as it used to be oh but it's a very God. interesting example of like yeah like we went and matrix had the same problem which is like they went fucking crazy for like yeah. color timing like just films just from google like, just google cut matrix color correcting I'll, I'll probably include an image uh there's a on, good uh, video comparison of the yeah DVD and the there's a great image that's halftime i'm th- i think that's going to be the real thing where it has his bottom half and the real green versus the color corrected green it is sh- fucking shocking i didn't notice yes. 
Isn't that crazy? I, it's funny. It's funny to me that my eye, and I'm not like trying to fucking hold myself up as a great fucking person, but like, no. it's funny to me that my eye did not catch the difference. Like, cause it looks infinitely well, you, you, better. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, it's, it's very interesting because like, it's, we associate the Matrix, I think, incorrectly <laughs> with starting this trend because they did color time the the Matrix stuff to be fairly green, and they kind of pushed the values kind of high. But like, it was nowhere near as bad as the sequels got. I think we kind of right, right. weirdly Mandela affected it when we saw the sequels, and then obviously the Blu-ray looking the same way didn't help. Um, and now it's kind of restored. But it's very interesting that like the original version has been changed too of the uh, of the yeah. sequels because it's yeah. like. We just went, like, I think that was one of the worst legacies, weirdly, of The Matrix, even though it wasn't on purpose, is, like, that awful, way too color-saturated. I mean, they didn't really start the blue and teal thing, but it's kind of, like, comes out of that, you know, where it's, like, yeah. everything well, it all, kind of it all, it all, it's It's everyone's trying to make a make a thing for themselves. It's kind of the, it's kind of the issue. It's, like, now it, right, it sort of... stamp of because the... Because it, it was... Str- I think the Matrix really... I, I understand the reason they did it. I think it's a... I don't necessarily think it's the most cogent argument for it, but I definitely think the original Matrix has a really good argument behind, like, it's so striking, you immediately know when you're seeing the matrix it had such a stylistic element it was done on the cheap but still it was stylistically so striking and i think that's what people were just starting trying to do it like you know you want to see an action movie and you want that action movie to be wholly its own and so everyone was trying to rediscover it so absolutely and i think again it's like the the problem is like everyone's like oh what the kids like i mean it's like when you hear about uh comics when like like dc was trying to figure out why marvel was doing well and they're like i don't know <laughs> they like ice people and ice people you know like they were just trying they were like they couldn't yeah. understand that like oh people like that the the, the characters and the, the the way he's like dealing with modern or issues just and- the fact that we don't want everything color corrected so goddamn dark that i can't see what the fuck is happening that's the problem now it's down the other way where it's like it's so fucking dark like captain marvel is like what can i can you can you turn the lights on, please? Captain Marvel? Yeah, I, I agree with there's, that too. Because usually, usually fucking like, Marvel is pretty good about that versus DC. DC's the worst. DC's just like, holy shit, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> the color palette of uh like a trash bag. It's like really dark and grimy. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Which it, is also it's also the worst to me too, is like is like definitely when Whedon tried to fix the color palette and post on the uh the like the dc uh or justice league movie because that 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 looks like a bad premiere project yeah it it looks like it looks like a legit bad premiere project color grading like it looks like somebody like went into premiere pro and just i'm gonna fix this like it's real bad you just yeah just like flashback to batman on the roof and i'm like oh yeah i forgot how bad that looked yeah league is maybe the ugliest movie ever made it's like yeah, because at least like the Snyder ones have an aesthetic, even if it's not my favorite. Like at least it kind of sticks with it. But you're right; it's like it does look like you took that. Gray. There's an aesthetic choice, and it's definitely like I, I I have to admit I you know Josh Whedon got to that project, and he's like, holy fuck! Like you, you could you could tell he was just like, I don't even. I don't yeah. even know. Like he's uh, he's the worst person to pull in for Zack Snyder. Is the other thing too. Like that's just a that's just yeah. a terrible stylistic choice. Right. Right. And I, I think the other thing that is interesting about this is like, you know, the, that you can compare like Avengers Endgame to this is like the the mixing of like 
yeah, the the aesthetic styling, like with Marvel, there's been sort of a notable like trying to get to a single kind of visual look. I think Guardians still kind of has their own distinct look, uh, but uh, in general, like it was interesting to compare like Thor. I just rewatched Thor: The Dark World, which is not as bad as I remember, but as as boring as I remember. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, um, but it is like yeah. visually surprisingly striking at times. There is some yeah. good like color depth stuff they're doing and they they kind of the have Aethers, washed out the, their films yeah. a little bit since then yeah the aether's kind of fun it's sort of there's there's the enough there good that, it looks good yeah 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 it looks a lot of that does look actually pretty good is i think the shocking thing for a lot of that movie i think, I think it's also like neil marshall has made terrible movies because he has bad scripts but i think he's really good at like color depth that's weird to say like mm. genesis no has, i totally like, get you like the future stuff in genesis actually looks kind of good like it's kind of the best looking Terminator film in like twenty years, but that's not saying that. <laughs> that's uh, three and four I, look pretty I, bad. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing it. That's that's one of those. Wait, Genesis Terminator Genesis is that the which it's one the most that recent one? one? That's the oh yeah, dude. I was I was I was too concerned about everything else wrong with that movie to notice. <laughs> that I, I was so bored. I was just like, mm, so, some good. Oh colors. yeah, you're like you're like pulling up your phone as like trying to color correct it too. You're like pulling up a circle. My, my oh, brain yeah, stopped trying to understand yeah. that stupid timeline, and I was just like. Purples are good in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some good purples. <laughs> Some, yeah. That's, well, yeah. that's that's when you know you're really bored is when you're trying to appreciate like very subtle things in a movie. Yes. Like it's like somebody put a lot of time and effort into this. I really feel bad for them. <laughs> yeah, if I'm yeah, that's that's when you know if I didn't dig in game if I'm like oh, good 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 spaceship. You know, like if I'm yeah. thinking about that, it's like uh, this film might have trouble. <laughs> So I guess one of the things too is this is this is the thing too is because I am curious where you rank the Matrix a little bit because I rank it pretty damn high actually in terms of action cinema history and everything else. I feel I know that you don't think it's particularly good. We've exited like the quote unquote Matrix like timeline thing, but I still think it really holds. Like I think the difference here is that I don't think. Matrix is about action movies so much as it is about influences in movies and like it it marks a cultural touch point that directors and people started pulling more from Eastern traditions and other cultural traditions and infusing that into works. And so I I mean, I guess I know that there must be more recent movies that did that, obviously spaghetti Westerns and stuff. And other well, things I mean, that pulled think, uh, from Japanese traditions and things like that's there's definitely existing examples that happened before. But for me, this is the one creatively from myself growing up that it opened my eyes to other cultural experiences and stuff. And I know that it's weird to call that the Matrix did that because it's not really, you know, it's not really engaging with Japanese culture in any way or form. But it is, en- it is engaging with Kung Fu cinema. It is engaging with all these things and pulling from other things to create or possibly appropriating things for its own uh, purposes. I think you could absolutely, yeah, get, give it a lot of credit for that because, again, for my examples, like John Wick 3, I mean, obviously it has Keanu Reeves, but like it has samurai fights on motorcycles like that is just a clashing of you know <laughs> we we really cultural. come we really come so far from the original john wick where it's like yeah really tight crab maga and like now fuck <laughs> it's, like, it's just like maddening that movie's gonna be crazy i'm very excited for it um and 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 and, and like marvel's done that too you know like they have done like okay we could do superheroes but like we can throw in little bits of like i don't like saying that 
Winter Soldier is a 70s political thriller, but it is influenced by them in a way. And it has right, like right. elements of spy culture and Bourne movies and, and, and like certain various elements. And so I think that absolutely is a part of it is like, I think there was kind of a, a very, this is how you make a action movie kind of way, particularly in the eighties, there was kind of this one particular, you know, you need your big tough hero and your mountains of Colombian drug lords and machine guns. And you have to kind of go down this route or it's bond with like the, the globe trotting and the spies and to make like a, 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 a Keanu Reeves, who's like a wafy kind of very, very crazy handsome in this movie. Um, I forgot how crazy handsome he is. Um, and, he is uh, uh, and uh, you know, a little bit more of a wafy kind of like not super buff, but like, you know, again, bringing in Kung Fu, bringing in like a hacker who's like uh, the cool badass, like hacker um, Kung Fu spy. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's spy. It's, you know, it's like it's it's this nice melding of, of yeah. all these kind of elements. And I do think that is an element of it like that, you know, you can make a Marvel movie, but like, you know, Guardians is rip is like having fun with like star wars and but also like flash gordon and 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 space operas and but it still kind of lives in that superhero world and it can exist in the same world as captain america and his grounded serious political issues and iron man and his like techno futurism concerns about industrialism and capitalism and like all of his elements like it is very impressive that marvel can take all these like different genres and make people come together to Avengers and not be a horrible mess. I mean, that was the crazy thing with every Avengers movies. It's like, how does this not a, a disaster? <laughs> like, it's always <laughs> very impressive to me. Like, and, and I like some of them and I like a little less, but like all of them I've genuinely enjoyed. And like the fact you could take these different attitudes and then create a single kind of cohesive narrative. So I think you're right in that sense that like Matrix brought that idea that, you know, an action movie doesn't have to be just Arnold Schwarzenegger and giant muscles and shooting people. I love those movies. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't all have to be that. It also, it also set sort of the new corny, like the concept of the hacker Kung Fu guy wasn't corny before this movie, but uh, But it got corny fast. Yeah. 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 I think, I think I love, that's one of the things that we're never able to separate ourselves from now. Yeah. Yeah, that, th- Sorry. this era ages the worst, and it's so fascinating to me. That's why I love early 2000s action movies. They all age terribly, and it's crazy. I don't know why. What happened? Like, why Why does, like, I, I definitely music... see elements of it and, like, hear him, like, hacking, quote-unquote hacking in the first part of this, and I'm like, oh, that's cringe. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just kind of this perfect, like, the music ages terribly. It's all, like, new metal that, like, is just awful. Like, the, the fashion ages terribly. It, like... It all ages terribly. Every element. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's like kind of impressive almost. All right. Last thoughts about this. Do you want to? Sorry, I don't want to steal it from you. You go ahead. No, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it just, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you asked earlier what I, where I rank it. And I think I would rank it as, as a classic, you know. Maybe it's not like a personal, like I know some people with the Matrix. It's like, oh, so Perfect. It's not like a personal love thing, but like I respect it a lot. I, like I, how some people feel about Blade Runner. It, like here's here's one thing I do want to throw. I don't. I know I told you. What was your last thoughts? And I'm interrupting again. I <sighs> think one of the things that is apparent to me here is that th- some of the storytelling problems that Lena and Lisa Wachowski would have later, I think, are apparent inside the Matrix. I know blasphemy, sure. but sure. I think one of the things too is that. 
the simplicity and to the point and well scripted elements of the matrix kind of stylistically cover up their style of of uh hero's journey storytelling that becomes too much later in their other films that's why the two that are like so head and shoulders above their other films for me is is well bound is really great too but that's kind of it's a very different thing um yeah never that's kind of that's that's like a, that that's again. yeah that's because they're so outside of their element that they do well <laughs> right and like that was just them like we need to make an amazing movie for four million dollars and like they never want to do that again like they need a lot of money um but the, the two that are always above for me are the matrix and speed racer because they're like like you said very like they're they're hero's journey movies they're very basic like hero's journey movies and like they don't get bogged down in their mythology and they're just not great with mythology, especially as you've seen with the matrix sequels when the architect, which is like the most preposterous scene that I kind of love. Cause it's so ridiculous. I, it's I, like, I'm not amazing. bothered by the architect. I love the, like that's such an anime concept too. Like the architect as a whole is just, is still them. Like it is very, I'm sorry. It's there's so many scenes that I can pull from as a reference that could be pulled from like old anime for that scene. Sure. So like, I'm not like, I'm, he's, I'm kind of got a, who's the, who's the, Kenji's dad and 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 Vangelion. he kind of oh yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah exactly exactly like that it's like there's definitely like a shitload of the dude I can't even count um all the Evangelion uh uh references uh, oh, oh sure. what's his name I forget he took his wife's name I forget about that uh shit long story anyways uh I'm forgetting his name off the bat of my head I know his creepy glasses face yes uh, the, the the great meme. <laughs> You Photoshop those in anyone. Yeah. The uh the the big thing here though is that like with their storytelling elements that are very consistently a problem other places is I think I think that's the thing too. I think the best part about the Matrix for me is that it's a jam-packed thing that shouldn't work, but it's actually scripted very, very tightly and concisely. Like it's very close to the very back of the future. Yeah, three act structure. And if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go Hero's Journey, go tight with it. That's always that's always my thing. If you're gonna go Hero's Journey, make that shit tight as Back to the Future. Like it's very close to Back to the Future on the Blade Runner to Back to the Future scale. <laughs> I forgot our scale. Yes, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's a great scale. I both are good. Both are great films. But it's, it's like, yeah. I should better. I should figure out other movies and where they are on the scale and like put them on there. <laughs> like that's what I. Should. I think you're what, right. Matrix is like if it's like on that like quarter half close to yeah. like, it's very close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's probably midway point between the middle point and uh, and uh, yeah. Yeah, the only way I think of is I was sitting there, I was like, is there two darkest moments because he dies? But it's like, well, he dies for like a half second. So it's not really <laughs> like it's more of a it's more of like a last push, I guess, <laughs> for the climax. Yeah. But that movie <laughs> climaxes and then it fucking ends. I mean, that's the great thing about that movie. It like yeah. it's still a little long. And I do think part of my complaint is that like by the 18,000th slow-mo shot, I was like, all right, <laughs> OK, we can we could just maybe skim a tense 10 minutes ben- out of this, maybe. Oh, but, sorry, I uh, lost you a little bit there. Oh, I was just saying that I just feel like it's just a little overlong would be my one complaint. Like, by the, Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Like, it's a little too many slow-mo shots, but by the end, I, you know, it just wraps up so neatly. It's like, I, eh, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Indulge yourself a bit. I get it. Yeah. They they never they never had the budget for Zion, so they're like, eh, whatever. 
<laughs> That's right. We'll end it yeah, here. You don't see Zion. Yeah. Yeah, which is it. which is a really important point that they just don't deal with because that's that's that that scene that shot, which is interesting that they have the shots for all the fields and like they actually had technical capabilities to show all of this, but they didn't have show they didn't have the ability to show Zion, and that's the, that's I think that's the shot that's really missing from that movie, and I can tell it's just pure money wise why they don't have it. Yeah, that that probably came down to you get fields, you get this and they're like we really need that to be like because that image is very creepy they did a very good job with that you need like right and i think visual imagery all their thing yeah yeah the the field of harvesting batter human batteries like it's 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 very it's very important to the thing it's very important it definitely strikes this human cattle imagery that they put into everything else (laughs) oh they love it they fucking love like human be used for a fuel source it's like their shit man <laughs> it's their i was like why did you were like why did they do cloud atlas and they were reading the book and then they're like and then the clones are turned into meat and they're like yes yes <laughs> yeah that's that's our bread and butter baby let's yes. make some money yes. <laughs> do it I don't, I don't know why the lena and lily wakowski talk like this yeah we're all hollywood types yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> new york gangsters um See, yeah. I'm gonna get a cream egg. See, <laughs> <laughs> cream egg. Oh god, that's a good reference. Well done. Uh, yeah, it. it, it. <laughs> oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. You, you, you broke my brain with cream egg. It's fine. It's fine. It's I good. Like it. It's a good reference. It's a good reference. <laughs> All right, I, I do. I don't want to pressure you a little bit here, but I do kind of want to hear what is your score in this bad boy. Yeah, I've been, wa- I've been waffling. I've been waffling and waffling, but ultimately... I think I'm Do you want me to go one. first before you go? No, I'll, I'll commit. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. It's it's very impressive. It's an incredibly technical achievement. I get why it has lasted so long. Oh, I remember one thing I was going to say. This is like the greatest exposition dump of all time. Exposition yeah. is so hard, and they fucking... Like the, the whole him explaining the thing, they do it visually, creatively. They have like... <laughs> An amazing performance by Lawrence Fishburne. Keanu delivers it in that scene too. Like they just, we don't talk about how much they fucking nail it. Like that's crazy how good it is. An exhibition is usually when your film is like dead and ever should go to the bathroom. Like, and that may be the best scene in the whole film. Yeah. Um, it also notice how they give so much exposition while training him, and like that's the best like training sequence like in a movie in terms oh, of like yeah sure. And sure. it's also that first kung fu fight is just genuinely pure Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves with sped up footage. And again, that's like people who knew what they're talking about. They went and got like the guy who worked on like, uh, uh, Oh God, what's his name? Oh, I'm bringing his brain, but he's like a very famous, like Kong Kong martial arts. Like, I know who you're talking about. I, I know him by the fucking name. Fuck. You know, Fuck. You'll find I've seen it. it. I've You'll seen him in like a million it. videos. Fuck. Yes. Uh, Oh, you win. You win ping. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did like police story and stuff or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like Once Upon a Time in China movies. And, oh yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. And like he's been in Crashing Tiger. Like he's he's one of the greats. Like he's incredible. Um, and so like, and that was before he was like really blew up from Crashing Tiger. Like they knew what they were doing. You know what I mean? They like. Yeah. Well, no, these like are guys. Who, these were guys. These were I, for be- lack of a better term, I call them Suncoast guys. Like they. Like they 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 were the early anime adapters adopters early action Asian cinema guys and they, they, they were always at the video store and the comic book shop like trading the really rare shit that like right. has been dubbed what, over. Like, what did you give it? I missed it. You 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 a, a nine out of ten. 
Yeah, sorry, yeah, nine out of ten. Yeah. So like again, very impressive. Like again, I think a little long, a little, a little, a little bit hokey. Then in a way, I can't quite justify. But overall, like it's so goddamn impressive. Like this movie, it's just very tight and very impressive what they were able to do with their budget. It was only about hundred million adjusted. Like. Which is, you know, a fair amount, but I've seen a lot of hundred million movies, two hundred million dollar movies that look like garbage, and this is very well shot. It's got a, a, a very impressive digital effects for its time, and they still hold up even with like the actual CG parts being, you know, they're ninety nine. They they just will never hold up. Unfortunately, it's just yeah. too hard. They yeah. just look a little squiggly, but um, a lot of it does because I think they were really smart, and in ways that I don't think they were as smart in the the follow up films. I think there are. A lot of effects that don't work in those films because they go a little too hard with the with the digital and the and the thing. I think they forget their own abilities too. Weirdly, um, it's it's weird though that I may. How, what do you think of the chateau fight in the second Reloaded? I have to rewatch it. I remember it being pretty mm-hmm. pretty good, and I do remember it being a good bit where they're like, "Oh right, guns don't work. We have to do kung fu sword fights," you know, which is fun. Yeah. I remember being good, but again, it's like I also just I remember think... like being confused. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I also definitely remember that scene where the lady gets like an orgasm cake, and it like zooms in on her digital like <laughs> vagina, like glowing. And I'm like, I'm 13. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> those are ovaries. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Every watch, those I'm like, are, what is those this? are digital ovaries, and I'm I'm like, what's <laughs> happening? Okay, whatever. My parents are like, maybe this was wrong to bring him. <laughs> So, yeah, I give it a 9 out of 10, too. Uh, it's funny to me that I think if you are doing a hero's journey, which I don't want the Back to the Future Blade Runner scale to become a hero's journey versus non-hero's journey scale, because they're both hero's journey in their weird sort of way. But I feel like if you're going to do hero's journey, you need to be tight. And, and that's right. the thing is if you if you produce a tight hero's journey story, I am so much more forgiving of you than if you're not doing hero's journey, at which point you need to fucking make me feel things <laughs> to, to like care <laughs> about you. And it's, it's one of those things, too. I can forgive anything. And I think this thing is like I forgive kind of some of the hokey storytelling. I forgive everything by the fact of this. I also just like, you know, as I've gotten older and, and I and I don't care to be such a fucking I'm a philosophical sage. I right. must. Sure. I know all the things, and you just sure. aren't smart enough. As, as as I've gotten older and gotten better about things, one of the things that I have come around to appreciating more than any other fucking context is fucking clarity, and that's mm. something that this movie has in goddamn spades. Mm. It expresses its viewpoint. It has total clarity about it, and it follows through on it. It's not difficult to understand, and that is the fucking best part about it. Don't fucking tell me about the philosophy of primer, you dickbag. The Matrix so, is better. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you became like, my best friend don't, with that. My God. Don't yes. fucking sell me on that just because it's, I just, I'm not smart enough to get it, bullshit. That shit is not well put together. I like primer, though. I do like primer. No, but I agree. It's like one of those, like, it's just not smart enough to get primer. Go fuck, 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 fuck yourself. Off. Fuck off. <laughs> it's my example. Complicated does not mean smart. And I think it's. You're you can't right. produce is- a graphic that makes primer make sense. I've seen people try, and it, it, there is, it is very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and that, that was what also did very much blow me away. It was just like the way they did exposition, the way they just laid out the mythology, just like so fucking cleanly in this movie. Like, that is. Very hard and very something that I do think 
takes a while for you yeah. to understand how. Yeah. You have to learn how scripts are made, and you got to watch a lot of bad movies to get like, oh, this is why this is very impressive. You know, because you start with the good movies and you think it's easy, and then you're like, that's actually really fucking hard, and it's very impressive to that they were able to give a script that like uh, apparently every Hollywood exec in the world read and was like. This makes no sense. I'm so fucking confused. I'm never going to make this. And Joel Silver had enough cocaine in his brain from 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 Die Hard. He was still on his Die Hard cocaine brain that he was like, sure, yeah, yeah, hackers, fantastic. <laughs> I love these guys, you know. And then like, yeah. And then somehow he fucking coked his way into another giant series. Um, but yeah, it's it's I I agree. It's it's very it's a very clean and and, and very it's better than I remembered. I think it's better than maybe. If, yeah, if you, I, think, if, I, I think, would say that's my thing. If you if you were grumpy about the Matrix, give it just a nice watch. Just I, I, I think I think Reloaded and Revolutions really, really, really do a disservice uh-huh. to that series because yeah. I think that's I think that's big. The bigger issue is that like I think the original Matrix fucking holds up really fucking well, and I think that the second two really do it a disservice to our memories. But even despite that, I think it, I still think it's a cultural touchstone, and I think that we can't like I, th- I still think it's tied into modern cinema. Whether or not it's we reflect the Matrix in modern cinema, it as the touchstone that we are moving away from also makes it still in my mind have a definite a, def, a definitional effect on what sure. modern cinema is. So like, I think it's one of those things like we got to look at the movies that we didn't become, <laughs> like at these keystone it's points because I think it's true. I think it defines what we're not, and we don't have people that look like school shooters, and that's I use that term on purpose, like. That's what we don't have anymore in, <laughs> in action cinema. Right. right, right. Yeah, I think that'll do it. I think that'll do it. So that means the Movie Gang Podcast gives The Matrix from 1999 a nine. <laughs> nines. So many nines. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yes, yes. Uh, well, we got to enjoy this. Uh, of course, next week we're talking Endgame. Another fascinating Certainly a cultural touchstone. I mean, it's going to be like, you know, whether you're going to love it or hate it, like it's going to be one I think a lot of people are going to talk about for a long time because it is another kind of moment. And so I thought it would be good to talk about a, a certain cultural moment in action cinema before we certainly talk about another big one. Now, this one's going to make a lot more money than this one did. <laughs> it's going to make more money in an hour than it made in its entire run, uh, which is insane. Um we watched this very good. Uh, it's on. It's on Reddit uh, right now. We, we maybe we can link to it, which is like a visualization of the last twenty years of a- franchises, and of course, most of them are action franchises. And just watching the MCU just steadily become like so much higher than everyone else, it's very impressive. So, very much appreciate it. We uh, look forward to y'all tuning in next week when we talk Endgame, and mostly I, it'll be Jack and Peter losing their minds, and I'm going to be very. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, it. I, I'm. Can I be honest with yeah, you, Ben? How are you Just feeling? like outside yeah, of the context, I'm I'm so freaked out, honestly. Yeah, like yeah. I'm so scared that it's gonna be bad. I understand. I understand. Not not based on what it is. Everything's looking good, but it's one of those things where it's like I'm so bent out of shape about it that like I'm very concerned about my own brain going into this. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm so. Yeah, Peter I'm, was like, I I can't. I was like, do you, are you upset that no one's going with you? And he's like, I kind of want to be alone. No, <laughs> like, I, just, I told her. I I gave Katie was like, oh, I, I you need to explain things when I go, and I like gave Katie's ticket away. I oh, shit wow. you not. I said Katie can't go to me with this. 
<laughs> like I, 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 can't. I, I Katie. I mean, first off, we've talked about this in the past. Katie is a, is a terrible movie talker. Um, it's mm, it's like this thing. It, yeah. No, it's literally the thing I hate most in the world about her. Like, there's lots of things that you can hate about your spouse, but the movie talking thing is the thing about her that just drives me nuts. I literally I just want to go in there alone. I want to go see it, and then I probably want to go again and see if I can enjoy it because <laughs> I'll just be too concerned the whole time. Well, she had things like that. I mean, I, I definitely remember leaving The Dark Knight and like. You know, we went in like, yeah, we're going to have fun. And then we all left and we just like didn't talk. <laughs> it was just like not a bad thing. But we were just like, hmm, huh, I got to like process this. You know, there's certain movies like that where yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be enough time after you've seen it that uh, you could rationally talk about it. But I understand if it might take a while, but we'll see. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, be sure to go over to TuscanShed.com for all Woo! of our awesomeness be sure of course to check out feast for bros we're back game of thrones is back so we're back we're back baby yeah we're talking talking a lot of setup <laughs> but <Yeah>. hey yeah <laughs> this weekend is gonna see fucking Endgame and the most expensive episode of all time uh of any tv show come out the same weekend. i know absolutely bananas so, I, we're I gonna just, talk about both i cleared my schedule for this this is like <laughs> just i'm gonna get emotionally destroyed this weekend <laughs> that's, that's i know plan. you're gonna like we're going to say goodbye to, like, probably several Avengers. We're probably going to say goodbye to a shitload of Game of Thrones characters. It's going to be an emotional I'm, I'm gonna. I'm probably going to try to schedule, like, fucking uh, in-game recording before Game of Thrones. <laughs> then we're going to get off and go watch Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. It's going to... I don't even... I don't even fucking going to handle it. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a lot, but we're gonna cover it all. But if, um, uh, we also have Animania, which I'm, I don't know if there's any epic giant anime series. Coming so out. the new the new spring season just started. A lot of new stuff coming out. Uh, we just did our uh, omnibus episode from the spring season when we go over. I think uh, 32 new shows that just got released. Uh, all of us just watched. Yeah, dude, we do crazy coverage. Me and Ed watched so much shit. Um, there's a there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit we covered this season. Uh, there's some good stuff there's one punch man is back with season two it is not as good it's kind of depressing yeah oh dude it's it's such a it's such a drop off in animation quality from the studio switch because the madhouse team i've seen some video yeah yeah it's it's a it's fucking painful but there are some interesting shows there's this new demon one there's a new sky that's kind of got some interesting stuff out there dororo still there and rising of the shield hero if that's your jam if you like uh slave raccoons that's what you want I know. Great. Slave raccoons. Yep. <laughs> oh, dude, no. You, I love you. You're gonna watch it. You're gonna be like, can't too anime. <laughs> nope. 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 Too, I love you. I love you too hard. I, it's it, it's 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 a painful harem show. How about that? Even I think it I is. I get it. I get um, it. I get it. It's like it's like watching uh, Twin Peaks: The Return. Too David Lynchy. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh yeah. Nope. Too David. That's need, exactly that's exactly what I it's need like. Too David Lynch. <laughs> I need to build up to this. The Lynchest Lynch that ever did. That's a different thing. It's <laughs> every, yeah. yeah. Wonder if there's one episode where you watch an atomic bomb blow up for 40 minutes yes yes (laughs) do it (laughs) Uh, actually I've not watched all of Twin Peaks Return I need to that's my goal this year to finally watch all of the goddamn things everyone's like I can't I get it. I, I got it. into that series for a minute, mostly because of binging with Babish's, like talking about hot cakes. Uh, I watched that oh, episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I di- I made those pancakes. Still great pancakes, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. All right. Well, for everyone at the Movie Game Podcast, thanks for listening. We'll see you in our epic. <laughs> <laughs>